This is Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, host of the podcast here with Rochelle Smith. She's the producer of this podcast, and Sean Honkamp. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a CPA. And Lauren Merkel, he's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. So here it is, guys. Ready or not, retirement will hit you with a lot of decisions. What if you had a plan for those decisions? How much better would retirement be? Today we're having a bit of a showdown of plan versus decision. Should we give them the spoiler, spoiler alert? We sure should. Yes. Okay, Let's do it. here it is. Spoiler alert. Plan wins the showdown every single time. Retirement is better with a plan. But we know that some people just think retirement is something that happens to them. Ready or not, I, I've been my 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 office is downsized and I have to go, or I hit some age that I thought I would retire at and I retire. But I am telling you, there's going to be some decisions that are coming, and if you have a plan for those decisions, Sean, we know that retirement can be so much sweeter with a plan. Well, yeah, just the nature of having the planning, it provides you with that information. There are going to be so many decisions that pre-retirees and retirees have to make um, in, in those last few years of that last few years of working along with their lengthy retirement journey and we never know when those decisions are going to be placed right in front of us sometimes we do with certain ages um, but life happens there's going to be some unplanned events and, and really the purpose of having that plan is to help you feel confident that you're making smart informed decisions throughout that journey um, so that you know what options you have you know the benefits what's the goods and bads to making certain decisions and and the trade-off and know all your options so you want to feel really confident that you're setting yourself up for a successful retirement journey okay lauren hit him with the decisions just an overview because i think it'll help us get that mindset of what's coming as someone who's looking at retirement yeah as you think about retirement and everything that goes into it uh, intuitively you know that there's going to be decisions you have to make you just don't necessarily always see the big picture of how this decision is going to impact the next decisions one of those examples would be social security if you're a married couple going into retirement you might have up to 81 different options when it comes time to electing your benefits and then we know at age 65 you're going to most people are going to have to switch over to medicare to provide their health care benefits and within the medicare elections there are multiple multiple options and unlike social security where you make that one decision and then that's a permanent decision for the rest of your life medicare you have have to revisit that decision each and every year to make sure you have the best health care plan for you going forward. There's always going to be tax planning decisions that you can make, which is one of the most overlooked components of a retirement plan. A lot of a lot of people just get used to paying taxes. We've always paid taxes. Uh, we feel like we're always going to have to pay taxes, but a lot of times in retirement, you have a lot more control over what your retirement tax bill is going to look like and the type of tax that you pay each and every year. Uh, investment decisions are something people are accustomed to, but the types of investment decisions that people have to make in retirement are substantially different or look different than what you're accustomed to when you're, you're in the accumulation years. And one of the biggest concerns for a lot of pre-retirees and especially Especially for retirees is long-term care. Everybody has long-term care risk. It's just a matter of how do you offset that risk or maybe do you off that, offset that risk or do you self-insure it? Those are all decisions that people make and you want to make sure that you're making those decisions with the utmost confidence and the best way to establish that confidence 
Molly, is to plan. Create a plan. (laughs) So I hear the confidence part, right? I get that. Like, I get that in my own life. You can apply that to a a road trip you're going to take or maybe some um, prove prove what you want to do around the house. A plan is good. But when I think, if I'm listening and I'm a pre-retiree or retiree, when my ears really perk up is when the discussion of how a plan can give me some more money in retirement. That's when I'm really, I think, going to get, you're really going to get some buy-in from the people that you sit down with. Because you guys show them, hey, if we do this, this is how much more you have to spend. And the, the monetary aspect of retirement is one of the, is what leads to one of the biggest concerns that most retirees have is, do I have enough? Do I have enough to be able to tell my employer, I'm not coming to work anymore, which means that employer is not going to pay you anymore. So you have what you have. You have Social Security, maybe you have a pension if you're lucky, and then you have whatever you've set aside for this, this retirement time frame. And a lot of people want to know, do you have, have enough? What can help you feel more confident about having enough is to be able to create more spendable income from the resources that you do have. And through the plan, if you are very intentional with some of the strategies and tactics that you can incorporate within your overall retirement plan, many, many retirees can in fact produce more from the same resources that they have. Okay, so let's dive into it. So what we want to do is take all the things that Lauren kind of set up for us here just a few minutes ago and look at them through the lens of decision and look at them through the lens of plan. So if you look at electing Social Security as purely a decision I have to make, I just make a decision, I don't look at it with all my other aspects of retirement, what would that look like? Yeah, I think most often we see that people lump together that retirement decision and electing Social Security. So really, to simplify this, it's it's a pretty easy decision to make. I'm going to retire. I happen to be 63. And guess what? I'm turning on Social Security right there at 63. Nothing else really to think about. Well, Sean, we know Social Security is going broke, right? <laughs> That's yeah, right. And That's at 63, cool. you only have so much time left to live, right? That's so right. you might as well just take your benefit. Call it good. It's easy decision. Elect Social Security, right? So I think Easy. I'm done. I, I think I can leave, guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> okay. And for some people, maybe. But what if you had more information before you made the decision? What if you knew about your options? I feel like that is a bit of a plan for Social Security. And in, in your retirement plan, creating an income plan, including Social Security, does not mean that it doesn't make sense for you to take your benefit at 62 or 63 or 64. But what it does mean is no matter what decision you make, you will make that decision with more confidence and you're going to know the why around that decision. So if your plan tells you that age 63 is in fact the best time frame for you to take that benefit, you know why 63 is the best time frame. You feel more confident about 63 because you've already vetted out age 62 and age 64 and all the other combination strategies that could be included within your Social Security overall election strategy. And so you just go into making that permanent decision, feeling a lot better about it, knowing why you did what it is that you did by vetting out the other options. And if you're getting ready to retire, when should you start looking at your social security decision? Because I think a lot of people do think of their full retirement age, which is around 66 for most people that would be listening, right? So do you need to start thinking of this well before 66 or what's a good time frame? Yeah, ideally you want to, you know, we say that we call it the red zone to retirement, which is within 10 years of retirement are already retired. But as Sean pointed out, you don't always know exactly when your retirement date is going to be. So the sooner that you can get started with a plan, plan, 
then the more confidence you're going to have. And let's, let's say you're 55. You're 55 years old. You think you want to retire at 62. So you get your plan created. But now you're 61 and a half. You're going to retire six months from now. And you revise your plan, which tells you actually it doesn't make sense based on the amount of income that you need coming in, maybe based on some legislative changes that took place over the last five to six years, that it doesn't make sense for you to take your benefit at 62. Well, that's a, that's a pivot that's a lot easier for you to make because you already have that plan in place. And then you just say, okay, you're not going to take it at 62. Actually, taking it at 66 is a better, better strategy with all the variables in take, taken into consideration. Now we're going to wait a couple more years. And in, in reality, what people do then is they reevaluate that decision each and every year to true it up and make sure that 66 or whatever that new conclusion is actually does work the best. And another reason why it can why sooner than, than later is better is you want to ensure your information is correct. I just was visiting with an individual that we're working with this week, this past week, and she mentioned how two years of her earnings history had a zero, and this is something she identified a couple years ago, so she had to reach out to some resources and get that information corrected because your Social Security benefit is based on your highest 35 years of earnings history, and if you did work for a certain number of years and a zero is showing up, the sooner you get on ahead of that, that the more beneficial, the helpful it is. That way you know your, your benefit is correct and you have a better sense of what that benefit's going to look like and what your plan looks like. That's part of the Social Security analysis for some people. Some people who are on the fence, do I retire now? Do I retire next year or two years? That is a part of the evaluation. What kind of impact is, does retiring now versus a year or two have on your overall Social Security benefits. And certainly, if you have zeros as a part of that Social Security equation, it could be more impactful for you to eliminate those zeros, as opposed to if you already have 35 wage earning years, it might be a lot less impactful. But no matter what situation you're in, you have that information and you can see what the impact is. Yes, Sean, so her zeros were errors though, right? It wasn't a matter of I'll work two more years to get rid of two zeros. There were two zeros there that shouldn't have been there. How hard was it for her to get those zeros changed out whatever number they were supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely right. Those were years that she worked. She had, you know, filed a tax return, had taxable income, but just didn't get reported correctly. So it's not that challenging, but it is a little process. I mean, you're making some phone calls or sending some emails that you otherwise wouldn't have to um, because you believe, everybody believes that you're doing everything you need to, but you just never know. There's obviously some human um, involvement in that process. Somebody's entering that information somewhere, you know, within the the states or the IRS or whatever. I guess I don't necessarily know the specifics of it, but um, she was able to get it corrected fairly easily. And then that does impact her social security benefit. So it was, it was definitely an improvement to prior information she had. Now it was more accurate. It increased her benefit. And again, more information, the, the more benefit, the better. And wouldn't you rather know that before you start taking social security? Because I feel like once you've elected your benefit, it might even be even more difficult to try to go back and say, oh no, no, we need to add two more years. I need more benefits. So that analysis, I guess, probably really helped her before she actually started electing. Yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not sure what the process would look like being on, you know, receiving the benefit <laughs> like and then, then identifying it and, you know, wanting to correct that and, and get made whole. I'm, you know, the, the government's pretty good and quick about taking our money, but the, maybe take a little slower time sometimes when they have to send us a little more. So... Let's that's, try to avoid that if we can. That's word on the street anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's not yeah. no, we have nothing against the government, we promise. <laughs> but let's just say, let's pretend. Okay, let's talk about another plan versus a decision taking money from your retirement accounts, right? So I've been saving. I've got a 401k. I'll just... 
what if I was uh, looking at it as a decision, I'll just what wait till RMDs hit or wait till I retire and then start taking money. It does make sense that it's just as easy to take out as it is to put in, right? When you're working, you have money automatically taken out of your paycheck. Sometimes you don't even notice that it's gone. It just shows up in this 401k plan. And when we retire, we can just turn it on to automatically come out of the 401k plan or IRA and it just shows up in our bank account. Yeah, that sounds Are good. Are you telling me there's more to this? <laughs> well, I just make, want to make sure, by the way, I have like all the money I need. And by the way, I don't want to pay like a ton in taxes. And oh, hold on. I've got, a, oh. I've got some stipulations around this retirement <laughs> so, income. So you're saying it is more difficult than that? I, I've heard you say it is oh. before. I, I, <laughs> Sean, you know for a fact that it's more difficult than that. Yeah, also, let's make sure I don't run out of money, even oh. though I don't. I don't know how long I'm going to live, but I yeah. just want to make sure I never run out of money. So. Yeah. Um, we do get a lot of questions around what an income plan is. It's easy while you're working. We know it's your paycheck every two weeks and you know exactly what's hitting your bank accounts. When it comes to developing that income plan, now it's a, it's a combination of all those different assets that you've accumulated during your working years. And there are a lot of, move, lot of moving pieces. This is a great example of where there's so much overlap. As we develop your income plan, it's definitely part of your tax plan. It's definitely part of your investment plan. You know, once you're age 65 or beyond, it can be part of your health care plan because it can impact your Medicare cost. So there is a lot to be thinking about and doing when it comes to developing that income plan. And even decisions we make in year one of retirement or year one of having that income need, those we don't just lock those in and, and put them on you know, autopilot. We might commit to that decision for a year, and then we might make some changes a year from now. So we need to start looking at what type of tax buckets do you have? You know, what different income sources do you have? Your income plan will be made up of guaranteed income sources like Social Security, if you have any pensions or any other, you know, cash flow generating assets, assets like land or real estate or farmland, um, along with taking distributions from the balances that you've accumulated um, during your working career. And then it's about the right mixture. You know, which accounts are performing well, which ones maybe aren't performing as well. Um, we know we want to take distributions when accounts are high. That's the ideal is the buy low in the market, sell high. So um, we're going to develop that income plan based on how the investments have performed. We're going to look at the different tax buckets that you have. And Molly, you kind of mentioned it early. Another, we have that goal in a lot of the components of the plan is to try to maximize these assets. This is very present in the income plan is that we're trying to maximize all of these assets that you've accumulated. When you read a lot about um, retirement and income online, you find the term sequence of withdrawals show up in a lot of the, the articles that you read. And I notice working with both of you now for several years that you're very intentional about not using that term. Why is that? Because what does that mean, really? I mean, to the layman uh person, what does sequence withdrawals really mean? Where we can talk about it in more descriptive language, like Sean just did, when you retire, based on what the markets are doing, when you take money out of your portfolio, it's going to have an impact on it. And it's going to have a positive impact on it if you take money out, if you're selling positions when the market's high, versus when you sell positions in the market's low. And uh, there's many, many studies that have been conducted on just this where it'll, it'll say, if you retire, like, uh, remember back to the decade of 2000, 2000 to 2010, that's the decade that Warren Buffett called the lost decade, where retail investors really didn't make any money. Uh, retail investors lost money in 2000, 2001, 2002, uh, and again, of course, everybody remembers 2008. Well, if you retired in 2000 and you just didn't have an intentional withdrawal strategy, you just try to take money out of your portfolio, many people were 
almost out of money or had a, a substantial decrease in their overall retirement portfolio by the time they got to 2010. Whereas if you, they retired in 2010 all the way through 2020, right, they, they could take out the same exact money, but their portfolio by 2020 was substantially bigger with using the exact same strategy, exact, exact same distribution method. The only thing that was different, different was the return pattern of the stock market. And that's exactly what you don't want to have happen going into retirement because you can't control the stock market. What you can control is your income plan. And you have to have an income plan that takes into consideration what the markets are doing, sequence of withdrawals, all these other variables to make sure no matter what this thing does, the market that you can't control, you're still going to have the retirement that you, you've always dreamed about. You're still not going to run out of money before you run out of time. Yeah, when I read about sequence of withdrawals too, it almost sounds like this big math problem that like you're supposed to figure out. You know, in reading these articles, it's like, oh, it's so obvious. If you just take from, and they talk about buckets a lot of times, A, then B, then B, then A, then you'll, you'll live out your retirement vision. But I like the descriptive language of, yeah, it is essentially a sequence of withdrawals, but there's so much more to it uh, when you develop a comprehensive retirement plan. And by the way, if you don't get real excited about doing the math problem yourself, that's why you have a retirement planner who can help you and also explain why you're doing it that way though. So you understand it, but you don't have to, you know, maybe figure out the, the math equation. This conversation right here reminds me about a visit I had uh, probably about six weeks, weeks ago with a couple for the very first time. And by the way, this is not an uncommon conversation, but the gentleman was telling me that he always, he's never worked with an advisor, never worked with a retirement planner. He's always managed his own money. But now they want to retire in the next six months, and it scares the heck out of him, this income, figuring out this income equation. He said this is the, the absolute hardest part about the overall retirement plan is how to withdraw money. Putting money into it was easy. Right? It was easy. Just, they just were disciplined. They continued to save. Uh, but take money out or the prospects of taking money out because it overlaps so many different components of the plan, the tax piece, uh, how much can they afford to take out and still not have to worry about running out of, out of time, the investment piece, worrying about sequence of withdrawals, what the markets are doing, all that is very complex. And again, that's not an uncommon conversation with people who've always managed their own money, always built their own plan. They get to the doorsteps of retirement and they say, whoa, <clears throat> this is different. This is different. The stakes are much higher. You get one chance to get it right, and you want to make sure that this next phase, one of the most important phases of your life, you can live like you always wanted to or always envisioned it, envisioned it and you don't make the, the hefty mistakes. Retirement is different. Now is the time to talk to a retirement planner about what's on your mind. We've already covered in about, what, not even 20 minutes, a lot about taxes and income and social security. You probably have questions about some of the stuff you heard, or maybe something else is on your mind. Here's a great opportunity to chat with us. It's a 15-minute complimentary retirement checkup call. You can schedule yours by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com. Don't worry, that website is in the show notes. You can pick a time and date that works for you. And you can talk about just this, what's on your mind when it comes to retirement because you guys have these calls all the time. Sean, it's a great chance to talk about some of maybe the concerns or even, hey, I don't know what's ahead of me. And Sean, you can take 15 minutes to say, hey, here's what you've got coming. Here's the decisions ahead of you. Yeah, so many people don't know where to start and, and we get told all the time, like, well, you know that you know what you know, but what do I not know that I don't know? And I think I said that right. How many so. times can you say no in 
five <clears> seconds. Well, it depends how you spell it and, and which, which version of no I'm using. So, you know, the 15-minute call is, we, we do a ton of them. I mean, they're, they're so much fun. I mean, it gives, it gives people an opportunity, very relaxing. I mean, they could be at their, you know, coffee break at work or they could be at home or just whatever and gives them an opportunity to cover just whatever they're thinking about. They may have some very specific questions um, that are that are specific to your situation. You might be facing a decision at work. You might have had a job change or, or whatever, or you may just be wanting to learn more about what a retirement plan is or what a retirement planning firm all does. And we're going to spend some time together. We can cover whatever it is that's on your mind. We're, we try to be as helpful as possible. It's you know it's it's very relaxing environment and just really you know fun and. and Ultimately, we're going to be able to help, and if, if that's the only time we talk, great. We've helped you out. We've answered your questions. If that gives a lot of people an opportunity to learn a little bit, little bit more about us, and we, if we decide together that it makes sense to keep talking, then we can go from that 15-minute call you know, and, and inject into our process, which is just time to you know, schedule a connection visit and spend more time together and continue that conversation. We're going to keep talking about this uh, showdown of plan versus decision, decision versus plan. Rochelle, don't you think so far plan is the winner? Oh, 100%. Hands down. Every time. Hands plan down. is the winner. Okay, yeah. let's talk about investing. Uh, when you're retiring, getting close to retiring, you're probably still going to want to do some investing. If it was just purely a, purely a decision, what would that look like? Well, I think when it comes to investing, I mean, to me, again, pretty simple. I'm just going to make these decisions. I've already been investing for a long time. I've you know, saved all this money up in my 401ks, and, and maybe I've done a little bit of outside IRA accumulation, so... I'm just going to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. Keep doing what you're doing. What's maybe the portfolio you set up when you first enrolled? You're just going to stay there. Absolutely. Okay. Stay the course. Maybe the contributions will keep going. Maybe somebody else will put that in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That the employer will just keep contributing. Yeah. That yeah. sounds great. Um, you were, we're doing that here at Merkel, right? Yeah. You get to leave and the contributions yeah. stay. Yeah, that, I, that can I retire good. and not tell them? You know, Maybe that'll work. So that, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I like wow. this. Okay, we've broken some new ground here on the podcast. We've never talked about that before, but um, I don't think the IRS is going to like that one, Sean, CPA Sean. I don't think so. Let's see. There's a gray area there, I think. <laughs> okay, so clearly that is one way to look at retirement. Just keep doing what I'm doing as far as investments go. But I think Lauren Merkel, retirement planner for 20 plus years, you have a better way. One of the themes of all of these decisions uh, within the overall plan is to be more intentional with those decisions. And, and that's true also with the investment planning piece of it. I mean, when you're 40 years old, you could throw in some mutual funds underneath your 401k plan. If it goes up, you're absolutely happy. If it goes down 20 or 30%, you're not happy, but it doesn't change things. When you're a year away from retiring, needing to take income out of the portfolio, now it can change things for the same reason that we talked about when we were talking about the sequence of withdrawals and how important that aspect of investing in income distribution is. Uh, risk is one of the very first places that we start uh, having the investment risk conversation with our families. How much risk do you need to take to accomplish what it is that you're trying to accomplish from an overall retirement planning standpoint? And we can determine that through building out your overall plan. How much cash flow do you need? What kind of resources are you going to be taking income from? So one, how much risk do you need to take to accomplish your goals? How much risk do you feel comfortable with taking? Meaning that if you can, let's just say you can take X amount of risk, but you decide to take Y or unknowingly decide to take Y type of risk and this market blows up and now you're down 40%, you're not comfortable with that and that blows up your retirement plan, now you got some real issues. 
So we want to make sure that we're comfortable with the amount of risk that you're taking. You're comfortable with that risk. It's the appropriate amount of risk within your overall plan. And the only way to do that is to talk about it and analyze the types of investments that you currently are using and analyze the types of investments that are out there for you to use. And then we reconstruct the portfolio if necessary to accomplish your, port, your overall retirement plan risk and the comfort that you need to take and make sure everybody's on the same page. And then that way, inevitably, when we go through these market swings, because we do go through market swings all the time, on average, we see recessions every five to six years, so it's not a, it's not a, a an if type of question. It's a when. They're going to happen. You need to be prepared for it. When we go through those, everybody understands how your portfolio is going to react to those recessions, to those market movements. You're comfortable with the way your portfolio reacts, and most importantly, it does not change what you're trying to accomplish from a retirement planning standpoint. And I would think that analysis right there would be worth the price of admission. And by price of admission, I mean a 15-minute retirement checkup call or a visit with a retirement planner because, I mean, you guys you guys can stop me here or correct me, but you set up some kind of a 401k where maybe you have a target date fund or you, have, you put in when you think you're going to retire. That doesn't necessarily mean that you know exactly what risk you're taking, though, or you know exactly what will happen to your portfolio if we have a recession or see a lot of market volatility. So to have a retirement planner look at it and say, no, this is exactly what's going to happen if the markets do this is invaluable. And control is the word that comes to my mind as you, as you talk about that, uh, Molly. You get to a stage of life and you have an opportunity to get so much more control over your retirement assets. Most people save most of their retirement through employer plans, 401ks, 403bs, whatever the case. Most of those investment options provided to you during that time frame are mutual funds. Once you get to age 59 or if you separate service and have a job change or whenever you do retire, you are able to consolidate all those retirement balances that you've accumulated. And now you can move those into IRAs. In an IRA, you are going to have more control of it. The employer plans are the employer's plan. They have control. They get to design it. The IRA, by its nature, individual retirement account, that is your plan. You get to design it. And, and one of the core philosophies that we focus on is we help our families build their portfolios and make investment decisions is transparency. Having more control provides you with more transparency. You should be thinking about that you want to know exactly what you own, know exactly what your investment cost is, know exactly how much risk you're taking, and then based on that risk score, how much exposure do you have in your portfolio? And you can make better decisions. You have more options when you have full control of your retirement balances. And now when you're in an IRA, you've got this entire landscape of investment vehicles and markets available to you. Yeah, I, I like in that aspect to the Social Security. Some, sometimes people feel like updating one different election options is a daunting and complex decision. And it is, and it can be daunting. But if you use that complexity to your benefit, it can really help you on your way. And I, I look at the all the different options available underneath the IRA the same way, right? It, you have an entire universe of investment options that you can use underneath the IRA. That can be a good thing. If you're familiar with those options, you understand the good and the bad of those options, and you can use that array of options to develop a portfolio that is the best for you or that can help you accomplish your retirement vision, that's a good thing. When you only have 10, 15, 20 options and they all happen to be mutual funds underneath an employer plan, eh, can it get it done? Yes, but it's better to have more options in that case, especially with this phase of your life where you're really trying to mitigate risk 
increase the spendable income and sometimes the 401k options with just the mutual funds doesn't get that done for you. I'm going to start the next topic with a fact. If you're 65 or older, 70% of you will need some form of long-term care in your lifetime. So again, this is a plan versus decision showdown. Yeah. And in this case with long-term care, a lot of times the decision is just indecision because everybody knows that long-term care is really expensive and they understand that it's a risk. But most people who have investigated how to offset that risk also is aware that the insurance options to protect against long-term care are also expensive. So you might've got a quote out there for a long-term care insurance policy, and you might be thinking 300 a month, 500 a month is way outside the scope of your budget or just not worth it. So your decision is to not think about it anymore. Yeah, or to, yeah, just ignore it altogether, cross your fingers and hope, maybe I'll be one of the 30% who do not need long-term care. Though that sounds probably like an appealing plan to people, you guys both know better because you've sat down with people, you've helped them plan all this out. And Sean, there are some actually pretty practical ways to at least plan for long-term care if you should need it. Yeah, with this level of exposure that long-term care can bring into your plan, I don't think you want to just ignore it and or try to avoid it because it can be challenging. It is really hard to plan for. We don't know if we're ever going to need it to begin with. And then if so... At what age, you know, at what level, and for how long? So all these things need to be a part of the plan, and we 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 see that you know still choosing to do nothing and assume that risk is still the most common decision. But that can be quite different to just turn a blind eye to it and, and not think about it and hope it doesn't happen, versus doing that analysis, understanding the impact to your plan, quantifying it, and then still choosing to assume that risk. You're still going to feel that much better about it, and you know what your plan looks like if that happens. But we're also seeing a lot of shift in this industry, and that's why it requires, there is a need to plan for it. Um, your traditional long-term care is just not as common or as popular. You think that's probably more common with the previous two generations. But as consumers, we don't like that. We don't like to pay for something for an extended time period. And if you never need it, you pass away peacefully in your sleep, you get zero return from that. So you're talking about traditional long-term, traditional care, long-term care, only insurance. You're talking yeah. about insurance here. Okay. Yep. And so the, as consumers, we don't necessarily like that. We want some return. So that is becoming less common. And there are only a handful of companies that even issue your traditional long-term care. And the newer strategies are what we call these hybrid strategies, where it's different strategies, different products. You know, it can be life insurance, where we all know life insurance that typically you have to pass away before you get any benefit. Well, now life insurance can have long-term care riders and chronic illness riders, where if you need some funding, if you need money, then you can advance that death benefit and receive that before you pass away. So that may or may not be a fit for a certain plan. And then there's, uh, there's other hybrid strategies. So you want to get that information so that you can determine, hey, what's the purpose of this type of strategy? Is this strategy a fit for your plan? And you're just, like a lot of these decisions, you're going to feel really confident with whatever you do choose to do. I think plan wins again. Michelle? I think so. <laughs> let's go on. Scoreboard, to, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> the plan wins. Okay, let's go on to the last uh, topic, at least for today, is your last day or your legacy. Again, this is not your decision. <laughs> this is, depending on where you stand, this is the decision of someone else or something higher than you. But let's be honest, everyone's going to have a last day and what you have left is going to go somewhere. So let's talk about plan versus decision here. And that's one of the hardest parts about legacy planning is we don't know when our last day is going to be. If you could tell me when my last day was going to be, then the decisions are a lot easier. The other element that 
comes into legacy planning is we don't necessarily like to think about when our last day is going to be. So it's one of those things that we can put on the back burner. I can tell you uh, with the families that we work with, legacy planning is not at the top of the list of most of the families right away when we start working on their plan. Now we do develop a legacy planning component because nobody knows when their last day is and we need to be prepared when that day does come. But oftentimes they're, they're wanting to talk to us about tax planning strategies and where they're going to get the income from and what do they do with Medicare and Social Security. And then we have to push a little bit and say, okay, what if? What if something happens? Where do you want these remaining assets to go? Do you want them to go to your kids? What other loved ones? What other charities? And then make sure we have the appropriate plans in place. This is not where we just want to make the decision of indecision, like what we were talking with long-term care, because that is the most common, because it's not a lot of fun to think about. Um, but we have, to, we have to think about it and make sure that we have the appropriate documents in place. And having beneficiaries on your accounts, that's a great start, but I think that this is more complicated than that or can be at least from where the retirement planners are sitting because you guys are looking at things like well if you're going to pass this on to your kids how much will they pay in taxes will you see what you thought was a million dollars become seven hundred fifty thousand because of taxes is there a better way to pass it on more efficiently i mean you guys are looking at some high level strategies that you present to people and say hey do you like this this idea better there are some components of the legacy plan that are easy to handle right away. Anytime you're opening new accounts or consolidating accounts from 401ks to IRAs, getting the beneficiaries on there, that, that's easy, but it's valuable. You want to make sure you do have that stuff right. As Laura mentioned, we never know what's in front of us. We don't, we not, don't know when these unplanned events are going to happen. But the other part of it is, and we get to experience this, we, we live these retirement journeys with the families and individuals that we work with. We know the legacy plan continues to evolve as you go through your retirement journey. At 80, you have a better sense of what level of assets you have let you know have in your as part of your plan than you did when you were 60. So you're sitting in a better spot to say or realize I'm not going to be able to spend all this. Here's what a potential legacy plan looks like, and start making some of these decisions. So your goals will evolve, your goals will change, and then your plan needs to grow and evolve and change with it. And a lot of conversation we're having a lot with families is they get to a really safe spot and now they want to start participating in some of this legacy you know we talked about the giving while living um, you know starting to gift and maybe it's that you get to be 80 or 90 and you realize your legacy may not impact your kids lives and now it's maybe about well how can i impact my grandchildren instead of the kids and maybe it's paying for college or buying the first vehicle there's so many goals that can be accomplished and you know lauren like you mentioned it's often not concern number one when you're in your 50s and 60s and we first start working with a family but it certainly at any point in time during the retirement journey it can rise to be concern number one and sometimes people just misunderstand what legacy planning is sometimes people think well i'm i don't have 10 million dollar net worth so i don't need to deal with updating my will or my trust or making sure the beneficiaries are just right there's a lot of legal documents that will go into it i can tell you every single person has an estate every single person has something that's going to be left behind and no matter how much you have left when you're gone 
you want to make sure that that gets passed on in the most efficient way to your kids or your grandkids. And that's the necessity of, of having the legacy plan in place. And for some of you, it might mean to have a trust and a pour over will. For some of you, it might be just updating your will and incorporating the beneficiaries. It could look a little bit different for everybody. Just like the other components of the retirement plan, just knowing is powerful and can provide you a lot more confidence in these decisions and ultimately going through this next phase of your life, which is going to be one of the most exciting phases. So I'm hearing the plan gives you confidence. The plan makes the most of your resources and the plan will help you live out your retirement vision. Plan wins. There's power in the plan. Power in the plan. I like that. Well, we may have to use that one again, Merkel. Power in the plan. If you'd like to learn more about any of the stuff we talked about, have a conversation directly with a retirement planner about your retirement vision. Here's that website again. It's MerkelRetire.com. It's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com. You schedule a 15-minute retirement checkup call. This is complimentary. So you really... You really don't have anything to lose. You can only gain 15 minutes talking to a retirement planner. You can also gain by listening to this podcast. It's retiring today. And we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Most of us don't know when our last day is going to be, so it's nice Most to have... Most of us? Is there some who do? Is that what I said? Yeah. Well, well sometimes. Oh, okay, okay, I have enough. mine on my calendar, so it's, <laughs> I already blocked my time. Fair enough. We don't need you, to include you that. You put your PTO out from there on. Uh, I've, requested, I've requested the following day out. <laughs>